0: I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast.
1: Today, I am joined by my guest, Katie Murray. Katie is going to be reading a story that she wrote for a recent edition of Wildfire Magazine. I am so excited to have her here with us today. I am going to share with you a little bit about Katie and then uh, we will welcome her to To read her story. So, Katie loves writing. As a PhD research student and a believer of children, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer on November 1st, 2019, Katie used all the ideas she could think of to try and be strong every day. Even if it was a small, strong moment, every day. Katie found the power of words unbelievably healing, and joining Wildfire's writing group strengthened her need and love of words. She can't think of anything better to do, she says, than wrap herself up tight, light a candle, wriggle her legs under her laptop, and write herself to heal. Katie was diagnosed at 40 years old with invasive lobular breast cancer. It was stage 2 estrogen positive. And Katie is coming to us from Nottingham in the United Kingdom. Katie, welcome. Thank you.
2: Thank you, April.
1: I'm so excited to have you here with me. So you are going to be reading a story that you wrote for our fifth annual body issue of Wildfire Mm -hmm. Magazine. I'm going to turn it over to you now to let you read.
2: Okay, thank you. It's called Naked Narrative writing for the last year has cleared space around my heart and below my ribs i breathe deeper i have more space in my body i can feel it and i found where the old traumas were hiding i didn't know before this year that that's where they lived my surgeon's knife opened up so much more than skin and spilt more than blood at the time i thought it was the position of the bed and the fear stirring this story to life. But I see now how the old trauma slept fitfully inside my body, curled fetus tight around the threads and sinews that make my stories alive. Thank you body for all you have held. It will be my pleasure to give your silent stories life to show them the air and the sunshine. My surgeon takes out a Doppler and places it gently under my right arm. The cold tip of it, a surprise. The entire action, a little present from the past that I find at once deeply comforting. Listening out for the longed for swoosh of my baby's little heart, far off butterfly beats that when they rush in sound like horses, strong and determined flying across the sands towards me and utterly depressing. Once my past baby's heartbeats have been lost and found, and memories stirred and settled back upon me. He stands me in front of the bathroom door, undoes my hospital gown so it hangs on my hips, and asks me to stand there with my hands on my hips so he can photograph me. It is oddly intimate. I realise I am still perched on the memory of the fifth heartbeat that was never heard. I am back in Ireland, by the sea, salty rocks and trips to the seals. My friend's voice, Oh, Angel, I'm so sorry. When I told her at 16 weeks, there was simply nothing there. Another hospital room that looked like a hotel room, the widescreen TV that showed me abruptly and resolutely that my womb was a black open space holding nothing. I try not to look at the sharpie marks, but they do root me back into the moment and the task at hand. Hopefully, Catherine, this will be the last surgery. His Scottish accent is so soft, I can just about catch it. I realise I trust him. This is my third surgery in five months. It is time to go now, down to theatre. I am awake, I am back. My narrow hospital bed today with its crumpled sheets and bleeping legs to stop DVT is all at once my narrow hospital bed 19 years ago. I am in two eras at once but one place. This narrow, cramped, off-white hospital bed. I am very much here and I am very much there in the heartbeat of the moment even though it was 19 years ago. Even the direction of the bed is the same. The room just feels newer. There was no flat screen TV 19 years ago, but this emptiness inside is the same. My fear is the same. My body, unrecognizable to me, is the same. At 23 years old, I was a new mum, a girl really, staring at the walls, crying to no one, tucked away from the other mums because they had their babies with them my body breathed life and love into another and they took her away i think of you coral sunrise tiny tiny you and i think of the prayers i uttered and spilt over your incubator hot spurting milk with nowhere to go but the fridge in the hospital labelled and stacked away neat rows i can still see them 19 years ago today as I lie in a hospital bed that feels too small for me. I think about you and how you kicked your own chest drain out with your six-day-old little legs. A miracle, they said. A miracle that you could breathe on your own. A miracle. You were without oxygen for 19 minutes after you were born. The resuscitation table didn't work. I shouted in slow motion. Lights, hands, panic beeps shouts fractured thoughts now i remember being on my own and how empty that felt after loving you inside my womb breathing with you so warm for nine months today as i lie down on my hospital bed that is so far away from where i want to be my own drain keeps becoming tangled in the off-white crumpled duvet makes me think of you and your tiny fight that became both our lives defying all odds one week old then two weeks old how we huddled over your incubator not allowed to touch just whispering love and wishing light prayers fixated on the oxygen count of your blood the long for moment when i was allowed to touch you dress you three weeks four weeks taking you home, scared I would break you. I was in awe of you, my magical baby, my miracle, my coral sunrise, named for hope. And today, alone in a hospital bed, I so desperately need to be out of. Every time my observations are done and my oxygen count is measured, all I think of is you and how your courage has seeped through to me. I've gathered it all from you, when I thought I had given it to you. I didn't make you, you made me. It was you all along, my coral sunrise. And here I am, or rather there I am, back in time, 19 years. And there's the gentle tinkle of the brass bell above a shop door. His oversized belly like a Buddha in a small cramped mystical shop. He nodded slightly at my huge pregnant belly and stared right into my eyes, and I'd never forgotten what he said. There's a lot of wise souls coming down now. My belly, nine months swollen, proud and half bare. I bought a moon calendar and remembered his words, feeding them to you with laughter as soon as you could understand what I meant, what he meant. We called him the man from the moon. I text it to you now from my narrow hospital bed. My wise soul, coral sunrise. I am ready to love the girl I was 19 years ago, to whisper back to her through the years, listen to her stories, tell her I am proud of her. Thank you, body, for all you have held.
1: Mm, Thank you so much for that, Katie. What a story. (laughs) I'm really, I'm really struck hearing you read it now about this juxtaposition of not only these two surgeries, these two medical events that are happening, but you say, you know, you're ready to love that 19 year old that you were. And then the voice of, of, you know, there's a lot of wise souls coming down right now. I just got this feeling that in writing this story, you were almost giving birth to yourself to this mm. new Katie that is emerging now, through this, this experience, that um, is really kind of stripping you to your core in a different way than, than birth and, um, and miscarriage. Can you talk a little bit about that about this process of kind of writing? To find yourself
2: mm. yeah yeah of course um, it, so this, this piece was written while I, I started it while I was actually in hospital written, the, the bits that are in the present tense came from journaling while I was um, waiting for my third going into my third surgery and then when I woke up because writing really was the only thing that would keep me centered and grounded because it was in the midst of COVID, and it was, I was really scared about going in and being there. Um, so the physical act of writing um, helped me in in the moment. But what I found, and this was a surprise to me, um, you know, I say at the beginning, like it wasn't until this year that I realised that old traumas stayed inside my body, um, and I suppose when I say it now, that sounds, it doesn't sound that surprising or shocking, but, um, going through my breast cancer treatment, I guess I've started writing in a way that I never had before, you know, with such passion and such dedication, um, and really entered that healing space of writing and found that um that it brought all of this to to light and it was a series of realizations um because i was really struck when i was in the hospital having all of these memories about the man from the moon and i saw all these stories the first the the first story i wrote is called threads and it's about stitches and it's about you know my stitches and the stitches of time and it was well where does one story start and another begin and they all came tumbling out and i thought it was because i was you know traumatized and upset but then when i kept writing i realized that i was re-healing or even maybe healing um in the first instance you know i didn't realize that there was so much there that was um still raw i guess Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. And you're really kind of making me realize too how, because we're in this age now of processing grief through social media, that we tend to write very present tense, you know, as things are happening to us. And it doesn't give the same transformation that, that writing about something more in the past can. But we don't really necessarily realize that, you know, we're cataloging what's happened. We're sharing with friends and family who are desperate to Mm -hmm. know what we're going through. And it's stirring up, like you said, all kinds of traumas from the past. So sitting down and writing something more like what you just wrote versus, you know, a Facebook update or an Instagram post really does help you to connect those threads and see Mm -hmm. kind of where, where healing is yet to be had. And where it's already happened. Like, I really think that's the difference between, I say this a lot, actually, um, writing between a wound and a scar. And I do think that both are really valuable. You know, writing from a wound is when it's super raw, super like it's happening. It's right now, you're just bleeding all over the page, you know, And, and that's really helpful and needed. But then to be able to continue that process and see how it's this fluid thing that's traveling back and forth through time, then you start to really get that healing and start to, like you said, kind of fall in love with that person that you used to be, and then use her to help you through this new moment. Mm. I love that you had your journal there with you in the (laughs) hospital. That's incredible. Can you share a little bit about that decision to take it there? Is that normal for you or was that a moment of inspiration to take it?
2: Um it was um purely because the act of writing had become my go-to, my safe space, my therapy. Um and I really was in a bit of a tears about this third surgery cuz cope COVID- the COVID constraints made it really lonely. So I'd already done two in the in the midst of COVID. So I knew how awful it was. I knew how how lonely it is coming round without anybody there. Um, so I was absolutely dreading this third surgery. Um and the only thing that I thought that could help me was writing through it. And I literally, I was writing as they were <laughs> pushing me like on the bed you know like you've got to go down to surgery and i was like i've just finished this paragraph (laughs) and then as soon as i woke up i started writing again um
1: that's incredible
2: yeah just just to help me um cope with it yeah Yeah. but i'm so glad i did because i captured so many things that came spiraling out um Uh and things you you know, like the Doppler that he was looking for. Um, I presume he was looking for blood vessels because, you know, they sharpen you all up. So I didn't know okay. that cause I was having all my lymph nodes cleared. So it was in a different place. I had no idea he was going to get a Doppler out. I had no idea that I'd hear that whoosh, 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 whoosh. Um, wow. You know, because I think yeah. when you go through your normal life, all these sort of memories and triggers they happen in your head and you can just push them away but when you know when i was there and i guess maybe because i had my journal i was ready to capture it and it took me right back to a miscarriage that i had when i lived in ireland in between my third and fourth child and i thought wow it's amazing where we go um in our head you know if
1: you can capture it Mm -hmm. yeah yes the trigger of a sound can be so profound i mean you were already sort of primed for it being in the hospital but then to have him bring out the doppler i'm sure it just sent you right back um i'm so sorry for your loss um and that you had to experience Mm -hmm. that but i also want to say how grateful i am for you to writing that because i think that that's kind of in a, in a nutshell. I think what kind of happens when we have all of these other diagnoses, you aren't a blank page, you know, just arriving mm-hmm. there and, and, and breast cancer, say, is the first thing that ever happened to you. We're not. We're these complex people who've had lots and lots of experiences, some of them traumatic. And so you carry that into this breast cancer mm-hmm. experience as well. You have no choice. Um, so, yeah, writing through it is a tremendous tool, I think, too. Do you, I wonder, have any advice for anyone um, who is maybe a little afraid to pick up pen and paper? Is there anything that you've found that kind of has made you fall so head over heels for, for writing as self-care?
2: Um, well, I think I would say, well, I'd say to join one of your workshops um, <laughs> because the so self- <laughs> Uh, genuinely, um, the the free writing, the subconscious um, writing, writing on a prompt, moving your hand and writing without any type of um, judgment or that process uh, gets you to um, access those deeper things. And, and sometimes I'm surprised at what comes out, and I'm and I don't know that I think something until it's it's written, but also doing that takes away any type of I don't know what you'd call it, like sort of ego or uh, self doubt, or because you're not sitting down to create a masterpiece. No one's told you to write it. You're just you're doing. It's like yoga, isn't it, for the soul? It's like breathing. It's you know. I right. think I would say to just not look at it as in you're writing something because it's so much more than that isn't it and it's you know yeah when you're in that flow it's like you can almost feel which is why I felt that this was very sort of important for the body issue I remember talking to my friends I think I was in a little writing group with Anne and Julie and I was saying I'm writing something for the body issue but it's not a normal thing um and I was trying to explain about how I wanted to try and express how writing has sort of dislodged those things that were physically inside of me. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that would be my advice. Don't look at it as writing. Look at it like Pilates. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. Well, um, Natalie Goldberg who wrote the book writing down the bones does talk about that, you know, as writing as a, as almost like a Zen practice to get in touch with yourself and you know, maybe in the process of that, something comes out that is, you know, shared or published or something like that. But before all that, it's just a process of letting it out of your brain, you know, stream of Mm -hmm. conscious. And it really is different than being in conversation with someone or just thinking your thoughts in your head. When you set a timer like you said, and you push up against that time and you make yourself just right, right, right until you know a timer goes off, it unlocks a part of, of your subconscious that you mm-hmm. maybe you access it in dreams, but you really don't have access to it in any other way. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so glad that you brought that up and that's absolutely what we do in the workshops is you know, stream of conscious, just write write it out. I always say, you know, write through what you go through. And it's the best way to get in touch with what you really think, you know, mm. what's, what's under there. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Katie's story um, can be found in the fifth annual body issue of Wildfire magazine that came out mid-June. It's the June-July 2021 issue. Thank you again, Katie. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we go, I'd love to leave all of you with a writing prompt. So here's how to use a writing prompt to access what you feel. We've touched on this in talking with Katie, but the best thing to do is to take a phrase, take a poem, take a quote, take something as an entry point onto your page and let it be your, your path in. So you don't really have to think too hard and then you take it as stream of consciousness. So what I want you to do is grab your cheapest notebook, your fastest pen or your laptop, whatever, whatever's handy, whatever you feel comfortable writing on, set your timer for 15 minutes. And I want you to write on this. Your prompt is I can break down or I can break open. What would it look like? to break open. And the idea is just to write without stopping, move your fingers without stopping for 15 minutes, because I promise you, you will be surprised at what comes out that you didn't know was stored back in there.
0: So happy writing. Today's writer and guest was Katie Murray. The piece was called Naked Narrative from the June-July 2021 issue of Wildfire Magazine called Body. I'm April Stearns and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn is a production of Wildfire Magazine where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. Our producer is Bill Smith and our production assistant is Monica Harrow. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org and take a writing workshop with me. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. If you like what you hear, leave us a starred review to help others find their way to writing the stories that
2: need to be told.